I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Somewhere in the Skies podcast is free to listen to every week. But if you would like to help support the show, we have a very active Patreon page where you give what you think the show is worth. In return, you'll get early access to the main show, bonus episodes, and priority to ask our guests your listener questions. Your support truly makes the show continue and grow. So, to learn more and to join, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Greetings, Ryan. First off, I would like to thank you for the challenging yet wonderful work that you are doing and the important contribution that you are making to the ever-expanding database of one of humankind's greatest enduring and most profound mysteries. My first experience occurred back in 1993 when I was living in a suburb of northern New Jersey. I had to be 19 or 20 years old at the time. It was a rainy evening and I was driving west towards my home with one of my close friends in the passenger seat beside me. We drove up a long drawn out hill and as we arrived at the peak, I noticed a bright yet strangely reserved pair of lights not too far off in the distance straight ahead of us. I say reserved because to me they seemed bright but less radiant like sunlight and more softly glowing like the moon. This particular road stretched for several miles between two towns and was flanked by low swampy grasslands on either side of the road. The lights were side by side and resembled the headlights of a vehicle, except that they were not on the road, but rather they were slightly above it and did not appear to be moving. My friend later estimated that the lights were approximately 25 feet straight above the pavement. It seemed peculiar to me, so I brought it to my friend's attention. He acknowledged that he was already aware of it. There were no cell phones at the time, and we did not have a camera with us. However, my friend happened to be carrying a small tape recorder with a cassette tape, so he pressed the record button and began to describe what we were seeing. As we approached the bizarre lights, it became more and more apparent that this was not an airplane or a helicopter, and there was no civilian drone technology at the time. We confirmed that the lights were stationary as they remained in the same position, yet appeared to increase in size as we got closer to them. Just as we were about to drive underneath them, 
One of the lights lifted quickly while remaining equidistant from the other, and the two, which now appeared to be part of a single object that neither of us could make out, shot off to the north and disappeared instantly in the snap of a finger. Poof, gone, just like that. Although we were unable to capture any photos, an audio recording of our emotional response to the event is evidence that the two of us witnessed something shocking enough to cause us both to yell out, Holy shit! in our shared state of astonishment and wonder. I remember that the two of us were hysterical and tears were streaming down our faces. To my knowledge, this has never happened to either one of us before while witnessing an airplane or a helicopter. I would also like to mention that whatever this thing was, it was completely silent. My friend wrote the following in his diary entry on this day. When we were in the car, we were contending with driving sounds, engine, tires on road, and the rain adds quite a bit to clatter and white noises it all up. However, there is no question we were very close to the source of light, and at no point had I even considered that I didn't hear anything usual or unusual. I can't buy into a scenario where we transect a small engine plane's flight path or big private jet. It was definitely not a helicopter, as they are a lot louder than planes, and they disturb everything around with turbulent rotors. End of diary entry. When this occurred, we were about a mile or so away from my apartment, so we continued to rave about our experience with the tape recorder still running. There were other vehicles on the road as well. Did anybody else see this? This is where and when the high strangeness really peaked. As we approached our destination, my friend shut off the tape recorder and we drove a short distance entranced in complete silence. Suddenly I observed one of the most odd things that I had ever seen in my life. Casually walking down the sidewalk just around the corner from my home was what appeared to be a stereotypical gray alien, slender and lanky with long, thin, wiry arms, legs, and fingers and a large bulbous head with big dark eyes. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Was anybody else seeing this? There were other cars in the road here as well and people coming and going relatively nearby. Before I could say anything to my friend, he uttered with a bewildered tone to his voice, did you see that? I said something to the effect of the thing with the big head walking down the sidewalk. He nervously responded, yes. We both fell silent again and drove the rest of the way to my place where we spent the remainder of the evening calmly discussing all that had happened to us. For some odd reason, my friend is unable to recall this last part of the experience, the appearance of the alien being on the sidewalk, although he recalls everything else with as much clarity as I do and with nearly identical descriptions of the phenomena as those of my own. I have had several other experiences with unidentified phenomena and high strangeness following this event, including one later that same year, but I would like to leave it at this for now so that I may share some thoughts as to what some of the possibilities are in regard to what this phenomena could potentially be. All of course are entirely speculative. It could be extraterrestrial, perhaps even as some speculate, interdimensional. I have experienced peculiar geometric craft and extremely vivid dreams. 
I have woken up from lucid dreams with the thought that these are some sort of reality-bending crafts from liminal worlds that seem to have a being or consciousness of their own, perhaps biological, perhaps artificial intelligence, perhaps some sort of a hybrid of the two. Their very presence seems to warp reality or consciousness to the extent that everyday sensations and perceptions, dreams, out-of-body states, visions, hallucinations, psychedelic spaces, and myriad other states of awareness all blend together in various ways into incomprehensible hyperspaces that seem to profoundly transform the human experience of sensation and perception and of space and time into something that transcends the very essence of the human experience itself. Perhaps it is human or non-human time travelers. Perhaps it is highly advanced human technology from the past or future. Perhaps it is human-generated artificial intelligence. Perhaps it is a biological creature or creatures that coexist on our planet that are technologically more advanced than we are. Perhaps it is from the depths of our deserts. Perhaps it is from the depths of our oceans. Perhaps it is from the depths of our jungles. Have you seen these craft represented in the paintings of the late Pablo Amaringo, a Shipibo shaman turned artist following a psychic attack from another shaman that nearly killed him? Maybe the phenomenon is holographic. Maybe the phenomenon is the hallucination of a mass psychosis. Maybe the phenomenon is an artifact of mass hypnosis. Maybe the phenomenon is a mind virus. Maybe the phenomenon is a hoax. Maybe the phenomena is a tulpa or thought formation created consciously or, uh, or subconsciously by individuals or collectively that takes on a life of its own apart from its generator or generators. Maybe the phenomena are what many through the ages have commonly been referred to as angels, demons, or fairies and elves. Are they some sort of probes of observing life on our planet? Are humans some sort of genetic experiment? Could the so-called zoo hypothesis be correct? Are they somehow associated with death in the after-death state? Anyone's guess is as good as mine. The only thing I know for sure is that something out of the ordinary and perhaps out of this world happened to my friend and I in 1993, followed by other events later that same year and in the summer of 1996. Memory changes over time, and although it is within the range of possibility that the explanation for the experience described above is entirely prosaic, I cannot shake this deeply rooted feeling that this is not the case. Ryan, thank you again for all of the great work that you do, and thank you to all of those who have shared their stories, as well as those who have taken the time to listen and have approached this topic, keeping the balance of an open mind with a healthy dose of skepticism, along with a pinch of imagination. And we must remember the words of the late, great David Bowie. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our mind. Hi Ryan and the Somewhere in the Skies listeners. Um, my name's Hilton. I live in Newcastle upon Tyne in the UK. And after stumbling across your podcast and hearing the other witness accounts, I thought I'd leave my own with you. This event happened in about October 2019, just before kind of the world locked down for COVID. Um, a colleague and myself went out for 
well, went out for a smoke break. I went to go stretch my legs. And we were just standing in front of my building in at sort of at the foot of the town where sort of the river flows past. And while we're having a conversation, my colleague basically just stopped uh, talking to me mid-sentence and was looking sort of past my head, um, up the road, um, at a patch of sky above the actual town centre itself. Um, he eventually sort of like pointed to where he was kind of looking and initially I couldn't see a thing. It just looked like um, it was a patch of blue sky with sort of cloud kind of moving through. And eventually I cottoned on to what it was and could see it. It was something I've never seen before. Uh, it looked probably about the shape of a matchbox. It was very square, um, flattened, um, but its size, it appeared to be like quite big, like massive. I'd say size of like a football pitch and the height above the ground I'd say maybe about two, three hundred feet and it was just motionless. It was positioned sort of one end down by about maybe 15 degrees and yeah it just seemed to be actively camouflaging against the backdrop which were the clouds and you could literally only make it out as the clouds sort of moved past it, there was a, a fraction of time where you could see the outline of whatever this thing was. It was also, yeah, completely motionless. It wasn't moving and no sound um, except for the sound of the traffic and the normal sounds from like a busy city. Um, but yeah, there was no propulsion or anything you could hear um, and it was just there. And we both stared at it in like complete awe for about maybe five minutes. Um, trying to get our heads around what we saw and then decided to go back in the office and on the way up in the lift we <laughs> at that point decided not to really mention this to anyone because we would say <laughs> like we were smoking something else and I've literally maybe told two other people uh, and it's yeah it's it's kind of really blown my mind I don't know its origin I don't know if it's from this earth or from somewhere else all I know is that the technology that was used by this device or craft is unlike anything I've ever seen before um, and it's kind of blown my mind uh, and I thought I'd basically share this with, uh, with everyone else um, that is the only sort of occasion in the northeast that I've seen something like this yeah I was really hoping I was going to see more of them <laughs> we'll see it again but judging by how, like how hard it was to spot um, it's unlikely um, I'd see another one like this again. But there we go. That's my tail. Hi, my name's Steve. I'm from the northwest of England. I've been working as an entertainer for the last 25, 26 years, so constantly on the motorways late at night. I've never really seen anything really i'm always looking because i do enjoy that kind of thing I've, I've been into the ufo subject since i was a small boy so i'm always been intrigued by that and one particular night this was about roughly i'd say about 12 maybe 13 years ago around autumn time around the time it is now um, i was with my uh, wife at the time we were driving from a, a place of work 
down the M6 and it was about 11.10pm around the Stoke Stafford area on the M6 it was quite it was clear and um, this is one incident I never told anybody the next incident I'm going to tell you happened the following night on the same stretch of road but this incident I never told anybody because it was it was just too bizarre they're both bizarre but this was just it didn't come in under the same reference points and framework as you know conventional UFOs and in the sky we could see uh, a triangular box like if you can imagine a gigantic um, there were those, those flat white mp3 players that we used to have you know a few years ago before everything changed and went into phones forget the name of them now but you know he's had the dial on the front imagine like a, a big rectangular uh, craft with no wings and on the back on the very back of it there was a pole uh, just like a just a big pole of sort of a mast and on top of that mast was a big white glowing orb at the back and this thing was shooting from east to west at phenomenal speed like somebody was just joyriding in the sky and we were like jesus look at this and and and, for, and then eventually we obviously we we sort of got under it and went past it but it was still screeching screaming screaming across the, the the sky going at least 50 to 100 miles in just seconds it went woof straight across and back again it was strange it was a, a bizarre incident which um I just disregarded because of you know it's no wings what, what, what are you gonna tell people you saw a flying box with a, a glowing orb on the back they already think I'm mad so uh, anyway the next night we're on very similar uh, stretch of motor on the but it's almost the same area Stoke Stafford almost around the same time so now uh, my wife and I my, uh, were looking in the sky we're like do you remember that thing we saw last night we're like yep 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 and and then to the left of us uh, about uh, a few a few hundred yards down on the left of us sort of above above the tree line on the hard shoulder came a um black triangular craft with a a light under each apex of it and and it was going so slow that it was looked like it was just floating drifting and it it didn't make a sound not a single sound and any, anything that was that was traveling that speed would have had to have had to down, a downdraft because it would have just dropped out of the sky and and it, everything went deadly quiet the car was quiet the 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 air uh, that was rushing through the car that went quiet and we just watched it. it everything slowed down and we it came over the car it literally you could have hit it with a you know a catapult you know it was 50 feet away from the car but above it and it just drifted over it was gunmetal black and it it it, it just drifted silently right across the motorway across over to the fields to the east side so it went from west to east as we're traveling towards uh, liverpool area well sort of that area on the m6 we're going that way we're going northbound and uh, and it went straight across and just slowly drifted across the fields. Didn't make a sound. Had no jets, no propulsion, no nothing. 
just a black triangle and you could see it kind of like it didn't have any markings or anything like that and it and it was you could see it was a solid object and it was kind of bolted together kind of thing and you didn't see any bolts or anything I but you could see that it was it had been made it weren't like cast like they, you know your normal UFOs there's no seams is there and all that kind of stuff this one looked like it had been made you know because I don't know what I mean by that really take what you from that what you will but um, and it and it just disappeared and went over to the um, east so it would have gone sort of Stafford area over that way and I looked at my wife and said are you seeing this and she said yep yeah, yep yeah, I can see it I can see it and uh, and then that was it it was it was done it was over and um so we we talked about it and then we split up a few years later but many about nine ten years later we split up but then every occasion we remained friends and every now and then i would message and say do you remember these incidents and she's like yep yeah, and clearly clearly mentioned it so anyway about three months later it's winter time so these are three three very very different um craft ufo sightings and i've never had any in my life and i got three of them within three months and the third one i was driving back from leeds area um on the m62 again going home uh, that way so i think it's east or west i can never remember and i got to the i got past the sort of the big hill bit where you go over and it's like the highest motorway in england and all that and then we're, i'm dropping down and as i get to a really clear bit i'm looking to my right and you can look over i think it's halifax and you can see into Halifax, you can see all the lights blinking and you can see everything clearly, you can see church steeples, you can see everything. And and, the, and the, what caught my attention, first of all, was the moon. The moon was absolutely beautiful. It was massive. You could make out all, all the, you know, the, the patterns on it and all the face of it and all that kind of, it was a beautiful colour, sort of off of a sort of a milkish, uh, orangey sort of glow to it. And then, and then just underneath it so halfway between the horizon uh, and the moon was another moon like it it was just the same shape the same color um it was and it was massive it was just hung there and i'm and now i'm thinking what what the bloody hell is this and then um after about a few seconds it pulsated it it sort of went woof, 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 and then shrank to 10 times less its size so it shrank down to about the size of a basketball um so it, it, now it's tiny and then it and it just and then it just lowered itself really sort of um slowly right over uh the the, the town of Halifax kind of over a, a building maybe it was a church I'm not really sure but it was very similar to if you've ever seen the dome of the rock thing uh, the one wh where it came down and hung over the dome of the rock and then flashed and went off and it got to the, um, the, the, the uh, hanging over the buildings and then it 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 flashed again three times it did like a woof 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 and then shot back to where it was and then swelled to its original size as like it was just the most incredible thing I've ever seen so get this I now ring my wife who's working at the royal exchange theater in manchester and i see so it must have been about quarter past 10 at this time and i see she's just finished a shift so she'll be leaving and uh, and i rang her and i said you're never going to believe what i'm looking at and she said is it like a, a really big white ball in the sky that looks like the moon and i was like 
no way it isn't. She was in Manchester at this time, and this was way over, uh, is sort of that, that over the Halifax way. She'd seen it from Manchester, from the Royal Exchange Theatre. I don't know why, how, or whatever. Make of that what you will. I don't know what it is, but she saw that. So I rang my friend who lives in the flats in Leeds and made him go to the top of his building, but he, he couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. But um, I hope that interests you. There's three, three very bizarre stories. And if it's um, if you want to go, if you've ever seen People of Earth, the, the show People of Earth, which is excellent if nobody's ever seen it, go and see it. The ship, the mothership that's hiding behind the moon in the show, they have a carrier craft. And and the carrier craft that takes them from the from their ship to the Earth is exactly the same as what I first saw that rectangular thing, and that's when I felt confident to tell people about it because I'm like, these guys know what they're talking about. They've seen something who's wrote this show. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this story. It's true. There's no bullshit there or anything like that. That's word for word exactly what happened, and I have a witness as well. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, thank you. Do you like stories of the strange, the weird, and the unexplained? Then we want you to check out Jim Harold's Campfire. The concept is pretty simple. Jim talks to regular people about strange stuff that happens to them. And yes, that includes UFOs, along with cryptids, ghosts, and head scratchers. He doesn't exaggerate or play a lot of spooky music, kind of like I'm doing right now. The stories speak for themselves. Ones like a ghost story involving serial killer Ted Bundy, or the young man who encountered an eight-legged demon. Then there's the story of an alien abduction by what could be considered a reptilian. Now, not all the stories are horrifying. Some are actually pretty heartwarming, like a visit from a past loved one or a peaceful near-death experience. Regardless, these are true and fascinating stories told by ordinary people who've had extraordinary experiences. Tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Somewhere in the Skies. And remember, stay spooky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, so I'm going to tell my UFO story that I have only told a very few people about because of the response I usually get from it. it's usually either negative or they just people just think I'm crazy. Anyway, let me set the stage. It was about 1996, roughly right in there. And I was visiting a friend of mine down in Sierra Vista. And in Sierra Vista, you can see the mountain range is about five miles away, right? And then at night, you can see this little blimp. They have a blimp there <coughs> that has a little light on it and it's got a radar on it, right? And it's probably like 30 or 40 feet long or whatever. So anyways, back during that time, you know, in, in the mid nineties, we didn't have, um, you know, internet or anything like that. So we only paid attention to like local news and things like that. Maybe we'd see something on about Tucson, but you know, we never knew what was going on in Phoenix. So during this time, I found out years later about the Phoenix lights. So I'm not sure if it happened during that time or that exact same day, somewhere around there, right? So anyways, we're down there and it's, I don't know, maybe 9.30, 10.30 at night. It's not late because we have to go back to Tucson later on that night. We were down there picking up a uh, amp or something. All these guys were in a band. So, they, you know, musical instruments and stuff like that. And I tried learning the guitar a little bit. You know, I could do like harmonics and a couple of chords, but I couldn't really do much with that. So anyways, we were down there and it was nighttime and he's got a bunch of dogs running around. We're sitting, he's got this little oasis. We're all sitting around this fire pit, right? So all of a sudden the dogs start freaking out, right? And we're like, What's going on? You know, and he's playing guitar or whatever, jamming out with stupid songs. It's pretty funny. We're just having a good time. And so they start running towards the mountain or towards the front gate, which is like an acre property. And it's nighttime. You can see some stars, a little bit of moon glow, but you can't really see anything. So anyways, these dogs are barking. They run towards the gate and there's like five of us. So we are standing there looking at the, we all get up and walk over to look at the dogs, right? Okay. So, and then all of a sudden we look up in the sky and there is a massive, and I mean massive, triangular craft coming over us really slowly. And it's absolutely massive. I mean, huge. And it's, it's cruising along super slow. And as it, you know, it just completely blacked out the stars in that formation so we could see the you know, the shape of it. So as it's going for forward, you know, the dogs have stopped barking now and we're all just in awe. And then you can see the back and on the back, there were two big, like reddish orange lights, okay? So anyways, this thing's, these big glowing orange lights on the back of it. And as it's going down, it's going really slow. Something that big really can't make any turns anyway, I guess. So it's going down and now we can see that little blimp I had mentioned, right? And from the blimp, we could start gauging how big it was. So we had time to discuss how huge this thing was. And it was absolutely the biggest thing. It was like a you know, a starship destroyer. What's the name of the uh, uh, the battleships in Star Wars? Star Destroyers. The Star Destroyer or something like that. It's been a while. So yeah. So it's something like that. So as it's cruising down, it starts to turn. And then we can see the, the nose of it. The nose of it has another big yellowish reddish orange light and it's if you've ever if anybody's ever seen that they'll you can't it's unmistakable that when they say that you'll know what it, you'll know what it is right so anyways this big object is now flying over 
the um, Sierra Vista, which is home to a military base, Fort Huachuca, and that's why the blimp is there for low-flying aircraft for smugglers and stuff like that. So anyways, we're discussing how big it is because we know how far away everything is because we live there, right? Um, we know it's five miles. We know that blimp's 40 feet long. We know Sierra Vista's, you know, right over here. We know. And as it cruises along, it's just cruising along, it starts to go north. And then it kind of turned for some reason and just kind of did an entire 180. That's what it appeared to be doing. Anyways, it did appear on the top of it, you could see a bunch of little lights. So this thing was huge, right? And I've never in my years seen anybody talk about anything that big flying along. I've heard about the triangle thing over the years, but nothing this big. And then as it, then it just kind of flies off into the distance. So that is the edited version of what I tell people, right? Because the last part, which I think is the coolest part, okay, when I tell people this stuff, it's, then it gets to where people have weird reactions, right? While this massive object is flying over our heads, we're all hanging out, buddies, we're laughing, we're, oh my God, we're talking about this. I go, check this out. And I grab the guitar and I start to play Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the harmonics. Beep, boom, beep, boom, boom. Beep, boom, beep, boom, boom. And I go faster, 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 right? And now we're, everybody's laughing, right? They're, oh my God, you're playing Close Encounters of Third Kind and there's a UFO flying by, you know, or flying over us, right? <clears throat> so people are just, they're just like laughing and having a great time. And so that happened, okay? And I don't tell people that that, but also what happened during that time when I was playing that, the lights on the damn thing started to dim and brighten as I was playing the harmonics. And then as I was doing it faster and faster, it would dim and get faster and faster. Not, not like blinking or anything crazy like that. And then as I slowed down and stopped, the lights went completely solid again and it just kept cruising along. And <laughs> was it contact? I don't know, and I don't care. But it was probably the most coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, people, you know, I don't tell people about it because it's a weird thing, but it happened around 96. And uh, it may have been the same day as the Phoenix Lights. I don't know. I didn't hear about that. The Phoenix so like, Lights. What, 10 years later? Probably, yeah, probably about 10 years later. And then when we told our people, you know, relatives and friends and family about it in town, in Tombstones, there's only, you know, 1,200 people. Immediately the rumors spread that we're all on drugs because we lived in Tucson, so nobody knew what we were doing or whatever. And everybody was freaking out about us. When I came back down like a week later, something like that. I mean, it's just rumors were just crazy. And I was like, you guys can kick rocks, you know? And, and then the other guys who were still living down there, they, I asked them um, if they told anybody and they were just like, we're not, we can't tell, we're not telling anybody. So they just didn't want to talk about it because their friends and stuff like that started really just like looking all weird at them or whatever. Personally, I didn't give a crap, right? And so it kind of just put this in my mind that, okay, you know, don't talk about that because people think it's weird. And when I tell people it's, you know, they tend to, you know, they take the first version and they're like wowed by it. And then when I tell them the other things that have and the cool stuff, what I think is awesome and kick ass, then they immediately dismiss me as bullshit, right? And that's when it gets a little, 
little weird. And then during that time, for me after that, I kind of just lost interest in the whole alien thing because in my mind, how can something this big fly down over a communications military base and fly across their, their base town? It's a military town, Sierra Vista, right? And nobody saw it. And it was like 10 o'clock at night and nobody said anything about it. So in my opinion, it was like, okay, I've had enough of this crap. I'm moving on. So and it took a while before I started watching you know, alien movies and things like that. And, and I've tried to watch some of the other stuff where um, people are giving their descriptions of the videos or whatever. They all look like they've just been traumatized by, you know, somebody just beat them horribly bad. I saw something or whatever, right? And to me, it was the coolest fucking thing ever. And I don't know. That's what happened and that's it. Hey Ryan, my name's Mike. I'm from Australia and I've got a couple of experiences that I'd like to share. These all happened a long time ago now, over 20 years ago, but yeah, they've really stuck in my mind and yeah, I just want to sort of uh, share them. So yeah, the first strange thing I ever saw in the sky was in late 1999. My girlfriend and I went camping in this national park in remote eastern victoria so it's it's on the coast and yeah, we were camping in the forest just a couple of minutes walk from the beach so one night we decided we'd go down to the water just to watch the stars and listen to the ocean so we're lying in these sand dunes and at one point my girlfriend says um, what's that and she points out these three stars that are moving so automatically you know we knew it was something a bit strange. So there's these three stars in a perfect triangle formation, moving really fast as well. So faster than a satellite and faster than a plane. Started started trying to figure out exactly what it was. So as it moved across the sky, and, and we had a view of the entire sky basically. So you know we're, we're in the beach and it was a clear night, no clouds. We could see this thing go from one side of the sky basically directly overhead us um, right to the other side and my girlfriend saw them when they were pretty low in the sky so they were, they were really noticeable they were really bright so yeah as it moved across stars it this triangle didn't block anything so it wasn't one single object it was three separate things so yeah like perfect perfect equilateral triangle and um, one of the points was like leading the way so as it moved across the sky, this, these things sort of stayed in formation. They did they like, yeah, stayed, stayed in as a, as a triangle, didn't slow down, didn't change direction or, or anything like that. And yeah, stayed the same brightness all the way across the sky. And, uh, and there's no sound either. So yeah, it was, it was really weird, really strange. No idea what it was. Um, and the strange thing as well just a couple of weeks later is that we saw a second uh, strange thing in the sky so with my girlfriend again we went for this walk one afternoon in this park uh, right on the outskirts of Melbourne right right um, at the at the north of the city there's this park which kind of overlooks the airport um, yeah there's a hill which overlooks the airport so yeah one afternoon we're up there just going for a walk and we noticed 
this light appear in the sky. So it's it, it's like it's late afternoon, but still daylight. Um, the sky is still you know still blue, still still pretty light. Um, but yeah, this this bright light just appeared out of nowhere. So um, yeah, just really quickly appeared from dim to really bright. But you know we're near an airport, and yeah, we just didn't really pay too much attention to it. We didn't didn't worry about it. Just you know, just thought it was a plane off in the distance somewhere. So yeah, we just kept walking, talking. Um, yeah, a couple of minutes later, we noticed that this light that we'd seen earlier was still in the sky, and it was still in like the same spot. So then we thought, hey, that's that's yeah, it's a bit unusual. It can't be can't be a plane. It would have be moving you know so yeah we started really paying attention to this thing and it, and it was not moving and it was it was bright so yeah still daylight and this thing was was bright it was yeah, it was really bright so it, it it didn't actually do anything though it just stayed in one spot but we were we were watching it for at least 10 minutes trying to figure out what it was and we had no idea. And given what, what we'd seen a few weeks earlier as well, you know, we were sort of like you know, paying attention to, to stuff in the sky all of a sudden. So, yeah, this thing, it again, th- this wasn't something normal. This this was a bit strange. So, yeah, we were watching it. It wasn't moving. Um, it's too bright. And it was too still too early in the evening to be um, a planet coming out or anything like that. So the same way that we had seen it appear at, at you know, after, after a few minutes or so, it, it disappeared as well. So um, hadn't changed brightness at all. And then all of a sudden just, just quickly dimmed and, and disappeared as well. So yeah, not normal, very strange. Um, so yeah, then we started sort of expecting, you know, the, the third thing to happen um, kind of soon, but uh, not, nothing did for a while until we went on this holiday to New Zealand. And this is this is almost exactly 12 months after we saw the, that uh, triangle of lights down in Victoria. Yeah, 12 months later, we're, we're in New Zealand, uh, down in the South Island. We went on this hike. We did the Kepler track. So on the last night of that, we, we are camping near this lake. So it's, it's this walk that takes you, you know, a couple of days through the wilderness. And on the last night, we're, we're camping near this lake, and yeah, as the sky was getting dark, we were just sort of like, you know, uh, watching the stars come out pretty, you know, sort of right at the start of the evening. I noticed this flash of light, um, like a star appearing and then disappearing straight away. So it got my attention, and as I looked, I saw a second and then a third flash. Again, like just three really quick flashes of light. The first one was bright. The second one was less bright. And the third one was even less bright still. So I had, like, I'd never seen anything like that before. No idea what it was. But it was all over in a second. So I didn't really, you know, didn't think too much about it. Didn't worry about it at all. But as the sky sort of got darker, um, yeah, you look across the lake to these mountains a couple of kilometers away like fairly big mountains um so yeah as the sky got darker we noticed this orange glow coming from near the peak of one of the mountains 
and yeah, it looked like a fire. So yeah, I was thinking I was going to have to start walking again, you know, through the through the darkness and try and alert somebody because yeah, it looked exactly like, like what we what we guessed was a fire. But before uh, I could get going and do any of that, it it changed from this sort of like uh, like diffuse glow sort of thing into a distinct beam and and actually like then we stopped worrying because then we thought oh maybe it's just a a car it looked like you know i guess car headlights or something on yeah like a car going up the mountain so yeah we relaxed about it at that point so we we're just watching this for for a few minutes and then it sort of dawned on us that we're looking into pure wilderness and you know there's no roads then there's there's nothing out there so it couldn't be a car um and also like we were watching it for a while so if it was a car it would have would have sort of moved somewhere would have got where it was going but this this uh this this beam of light thing was just sort of like you know moving it's mostly pointing up but just you know moving from side to side as well so yeah at that stage i thought well you know after these flashes of light and now this then start to realize that things are getting a bit strange um yeah but the strange thing is like my reaction my girlfriend had already sort of gone back to the tent and i did the same thing as well so i I'm the one that saw the flashes of light and then we both saw this glow turning to something a bit weirder but yeah my reaction was just to go go to sleep as well go go back into the tent and just just fall asleep so looking back it's kind of strange that I saw all this stuff develop and I saw it get weirder but I don't know what happened I always kind of wish I had sort of stuck around and, and seen more but at the time you know, there's a little bit of fear involved. So was, I think it was a bit of like um, fight or flight. Then the natural response was just to sort of, you know, sort of hide from it and um, and go to sleep. So that was a bit strange. Um, and the other strange thing, though, is those, the three flashes of light, which was the first thing I saw. And yeah, even at that time, I just I didn't worry about it at all. So even even having seen, you know, that triangle of light instantly I knew that was a bit strange the flashes of light was uh, yeah, a little bit strange but didn't didn't really worry me but and the, the weird thing as well is I've ended up seeing that like quite a lot over the years um, you ended up living in the country for a while so and, and it wasn't unusual to be out in a paddock in the evening and yeah, just happened to look look up and see three flashes a- again, like bright, less bright, um, even less bright again. It, it happened like so often that it just it, it wasn't even a surprise after a while, and, and it, it's something that never I, I, I never was concerned at all about it. Never never really cared a hell of a lot about it. It's only looking back. I think it's strange because I haven't seen it for for a while. But so here's the other thing that I used to really love looking at the sky. So even as a kid, I spent a lot of time looking up. I, when I was little, I wanted to be a pilot, 
and I, and I ended up getting interested in astronomy as well as a kid. So I spent a lot of time looking up day and night. And you know, in all those years, I'd never seen anything strange. That triangle was the first strange thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, so the, these um, these flashes of light, I always used to look up, but then yeah, I've sort of like stopped looking up. So the night sky used to used to spend a lot of time. Like if I was outside, I'd always look up. I'd always want to sort of see something, but yeah, over the years that that's that sort of like disappeared. And it's not just that my interest has disappeared. Like there's my feelings about it have changed as well. So if I'm out at night on a really really clear night, I, I yeah I do sort of avoid looking up. It's like like this like background sort of not wanting to to see what might be there so that's that's a little bit of a shame i guess but yeah i still i still like planes so i still look up during the day i've got no problem with that okay ryan um yeah i hope uh somebody else is maybe prompted to to share stuff that they've seen even if it might be a long time ago thanks love the podcast uh yeah keep it up mate thanks Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.